podcast about good riddance. My name's Josh Lindley, and each week, myself and Dan Forcier tell you what we think of three different good riddance songs. This week, we're talking about the song Shame, Rights, and Privilege from 2003's Bound by Ties of Blood and Affection. We're also talking about Think of Me from the 1996 LP, A Comprehensive Guide to Modern, with an E, Rebellion, and Contrition from 2015's Peace in Our Time. Yo, and if you want to get in touch with us, um, you can give us an email or give us an email, shoot us an email at lastbelieverpod at gmail.com. Um, otherwise, uh, hit us up on Instagram at lastbelieverpod. Slide into those DMs if you have any questions or concerns or constructive criticism. Uh, also wanted to let you know that uh, we do have a Patreon that we're working on that is up and running now. And we're working on adding some extra tiers, but there's some cool stuff on there. And that's patreon.com slash lastbelieverpod. Dan, when you slipped on emails there, did you read that terrifying thing that went around this week about how much uh, carbon emissions can be attributed to emails and people sitting with like junk mail in their Gmail folders forever? What? No. Oh, man, it's terrifying. Google that if you want to have a real bad 15 minutes of reading an article about how it, it's gross. It's like 65 emails is equivalent to 20 minutes of your car sitting idling. Uh, no yeah, way. Awful, awful shit. On the plus side, while you're online deleting all those old emails, go to Spotify and we have a playlist. The Last Believer podcast playlist. It is not just good riddance on there. In fact, uh, I've been listening to it a lot in the last week and a half, and it's a shocking amount of good riddance on there and that it's really just the songs we talk about. You can go a whole hour listening to this podcast and never hear a good riddance song, which isn't the reason to listen to it, except it does give you context <laughs> as to where Dan and I are coming from and uh, maybe some points of reference that we use throughout episodes while talking about good riddance. Uh, Dan, is there anything you want to talk about before we jump into these songs? Well, I kind of want to talk about the playlist a bit. No, I'm just I'm half joking. Um, no, with the playlist, I, I think it's very cool, too, because I've been throwing it on and we talk about so much other random stuff that even if you were to listen to it in advance to kind of prime for the episode, you, you wouldn't necessarily know why there's a Blondie song on there. You wouldn't necessarily know why, you know, there's... Uh, I guess sick of it all kind of makes sense. But like, yeah, we're just kind of all over the place and it's really fun. And yeah, subscribe to that thing and have a good time. Everything Other than that, I mean, like, one twelve. <laughs> yeah, sl- yeah. Oh, that's right. Peaches and cream is on there. But other than that, like I was just saying off pod, I'm just happy that all of the sports except for football are back on right now. You know, it's just constant, you know, hockey, foot, um, hockey, baseball and basketball. It's good for my little jock brain for when I'm trying to I... unwind. I feel like someday, maybe on a, a Patreon episode, we can get you to talk about hockey because obviously Russ works in the hockey system, so it ties directly into the band. I remember talking with him a million years ago about uh, other members of the band that are also into hockey, but they all had different teams. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, we'll do. We'll save that for a Patreon thing. Should we jump into this week's songs? Let's do it. All right. The first song we're talking about is Shame, Rights, and Privilege. From the album Bound by Ties of Blood and Affection, Russ, Luke, Chuck, Dave Wagon shoots music by Chuck Platt. Lyrics by Russ Rankin, produced by Bill Stevenson at the Blasting Room. Dan, what do you think of this song? Oh, I see. I didn't know. I didn't know that this was a Chuck song. That's pretty cool. Um, I, I was feeling this when I was listening to it. Um, I was really into the ending, too. I really like the outro and all how that was going on. 
got some big my war vibes from it i don't know if i'm alone on that one but i was like just really really feeling the old my war thing um but i was reading the lyrics after listening to the song a few times and i couldn't stop picturing like frank gallagher you know like from shameless oh, yeah like yeah, <laughs> yeah shameless sure so i only started watching the show like relatively recently too so but i'm getting really excited and anxious because it's like series finale is this coming sunday i not to not to bury the lead of when we're recording or whatever but uh yeah so but i digress but yeah reading it <clears throat> especially speaking of kind of like you know basically someone down on their luck like on the bus looking rough and i was like oh man that's frank gallagher anyway so i digress <laughs> No, but Wait, like, especially in the last season, um, yeah. there's there's a specific scene where Frank gets lost on the bus. Spoilers That's for anyone little... that watches Shameless, as though I, anyone that I... watches Shameless is going to be surprised <laughs> that Frank gets lost on the bus. But like, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to say that specifically because I didn't know how far you were on there as well. But yes, that's specifically the scene I was thinking of because I think there's even a line about dementia in the in the song as yeah. well. And I was like, yeah. oh, shit. Oh, yeah, this is total spoiler alert for anyone who's not caught up on Shameless, but whatever. Um, <laughs> music aside, though, and Shameless reference aside, uh, I do think there's a super important message in this song. Um, and it's like, it rings so true because it's so easy for people to, you know, would it, maybe judge or look down on someone who may be less fortunate than them. But like, we really don't know what that person's been through or what put them in that situation. And the tables can so easily turn as kind of Russ goes on in there. Like it could be you with your hand out, like just so easily. And especially now as we go through the pandemic, you know, like we see people that are losing the way to make a living. So like so easily you could be an affluent well, maybe not affluent, but like, you know, actually, yeah, maybe an affluent, but it's people are losing their businesses and their, their living and whatnot. So it's pretty rough. Like, I don't know, in Toronto, we had these encampments since last summer, people just, just trying to get by, not bother anyone. And it's sad to say that like some people just don't like poor people and they've been kind of like snitching on them. And just kind of trying to get them shut down. I don't know if it's because of their guilt or because they're worried about their property values. But, like, you know, they're getting these people kicked out when there's not supposed to be any COVID evictions. But these people have nowhere else to go. They've already been kicked out. So they set up a tent and that's how they're living. And, fuck, it's infuriating. So shout out to organizations in Toronto who have been um, helping fundraise to help save these encampments and let these people live and feeding them and whatnot. Because... You know, I know it's not good riddance, but it's like Propagandy said, it's exactly why privileged fucks like me should feel obliged to kick and scream until everyone has everything they need. Shout out to Stacy at Really Man. I'm pretty sure, I'm 110% <laughs> sure that you and I both have the shirt that has that written on it in big yeah. letters. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. That's pretty, that's pretty much it. It's like, yeah, it's just, it's just a weird thing that people are so quick to be like, oh, you know, like, fuck this person because they're down on their luck. And it's like, I don't know. We live, we also live in a neighborhood where there's a lot of people on the street with, whether it be mental health or addiction issues. And I don't know, it can be a dick to them. Like, it's this is their home, too. Yeah. Um, I think something, too, is that that's not just Toronto specific. Obviously, you, you and I live here and this is what we see because, yes. well, we can't leave Toronto currently. But uh, this is like these encampments are definitely happening in cities not just in Toronto or Canada or America, but like the whole world right now would be a time that you can really recognize uh, that people are people. And just because they 
you know what? I'll just get into the thing that I have put together for the song because I address it there. <laughs> sure. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, my notes. I got to go to my, my handy. Like, <laughs> I'm going to do one of these like a like a morning show where you know that they're looking at their notes to read you <laughs> the, the news or the scores or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, this is our first Chuck song. And I think it's kind of fitting that it comes up just after a couple weeks ago, by the time this airs, our episode that we did with Al Nolan about the seized up seven inch, which is oh, Chuck's yeah. current sideband. Um, for anyone that hasn't watched every interview and live show of Good Riddance Online, like I have, Chuck is kind of the sense of humor in this band. Uh, his stage presence is bouncy and sort of engaging. Like he's the guy that when there is a camera on stage, he's the guy that will take a second and turn towards the camera and like make a face. Sure. Uh, <laughs> the rest of the band to have this seriousness about them. And Chuck is kind of there to bounce around. And that balance of Chuck's personality and what he brings to the band, especially when they're playing, is just one of the things that keeps the band super interesting. You know, the funny part is Shame, Rights and Privilege is a very serious sounding song. Absolutely. Like the, the irony with that. Uh, the quick intro announces itself. And as the song rolls into this mid-tempo, but somehow like awkward, not straightforward feeling beat during the second line of the song, when Russ sings got it bad for the system because it let you down, the guitar goes on this descending run down the neck as if the word down and like as the word down is said, I don't know that if it was intended, but it sounds awesome. It's like, as he says, got it bad for the system because it lets you down. You have this like winding down, like a long slope feeling to it. Beyond that, the drums and uh, and the vocals really carry this one, I think. There's little flares and flourishes from Dave Wagonshoots all the way throughout. It kind of keeps you guessing. And at the part that I guess you'd call the chorus, Russ goes double time on a vocal delivery. And that in and of itself is pretty unusual, I think, uh, you know, outside of hip hop. <laughs> about two, like about two thirds of the way into the song, it goes into those lurching, like you were saying, the stops and starts toward the end. And it like keeps you guessing and it builds tension. And you're saying my war era, black flag, definitely hints of that for sure. Uh, overall, I think the music in this song, while brutal in delivery is kind of thoughtful, hardcore. Mm -hmm. um, I, while it doesn't actually sound like it, I can see this fitting in on say the B side of a seven inch with by the grace of God. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that, that kind of thing where it's, it's creative and thoughtful, but still really crushing and brutal. And yeah, the lyrics to this song, I think are some of the best Russ has ever written, uh, you know, written from the perspective of a guy who has found himself homeless and yeah, lost on a bus, like Frank Gallagher character. <laughs> um, and while Russ has created this character and story, it doesn't feel contrived or exploitative. It feels very lived in. And from a songwriting perspective, I imagine that's real fucking hard to do. Sure. Uh, the imagery presented is so clear. Like we've all seen this guy on the bus for sure. Or in the case of since COVID happened in a park, you know, 100%. on a bench, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and over time, hopefully one's opinion or like first judgments of that guy has changed. Like I know 20 years ago, I would just like keep my eyes down and pretend I'm not seeing them or whatever. Obviously, as you grow up, you realize that people are people and, you know, uh, so song lyrics like paranoia soars on the wings of your dementia. You know, it reminds you that this person has probably been through stuff and seen things that you might think of as unimaginable. 
And we live in a system that isn't built for anyone that doesn't fit lockstep into whatever path they've been sort of designated or born into. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as the song says, without a system that compels the growth of human compassion, it's a face that will never change. And I think that's what I think of. I know when I'm walking around our neighborhood, like I had to help a guy out of a flower planter this afternoon. Oh, okay. Like he clearly sat down in it for a nap and couldn't, get himself out of there under his own power. So I kind of gave him an elbow out. And yeah, it's another line that really sticks out is when I was young and naive, I believed that I could be so much more and to look at yourself now and what you've grown into and see what opportunities you never actually had or the opportunities you had and squandered, it'll send you on a whole fucking journey. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah absolutely. Shame, rights and privilege overall, super impactful song and definitely like not, necessarily exactly what you would think of as a song that sounds exactly like good riddance yeah and i mean like i listened to the songs originally after our last recording session quickly um and i'm glad i kind of took them in again today and that you get a new perspective on it because i didn't care for it last week like at a glance i was like yeah but like i full new appreciation like listening to it i was like oh this is a good song like this is you know, it's like a nice, heavy, like hardcore punk song, super thoughtful, important, like lyrics. It's, yeah, this uh, yeah, man. All right, the second song we're going to talk about this week is This Is The Light from A Comprehensive Guide to Modern Rebellion. Still waiting for the announcement from Fat Records about whether this beast gets a 25th anniversary release or not before I spend $75 on the record and $200 on shipping from Australia or whatever. If anyone listening has a line, you know, let me know. (laughs) The lineup for this record was Russ, Luke, Sean, and Chuck. Uh... Ryan Green was the producer. Dan, what did you think of This Is The Light? So I feel like this one comes in uh, a little bit longer than usual uh, Good Riddance songs here. Uh, coming in yep. over at three minutes. I think it's about three minutes, 18 seconds. I was like, whoa, this is a power ballad? Is this a uh, Skid Row cover all of a sudden? But uh, no. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Like, I didn't don't really have too, too much um, to say on this one for some reason. Um I, but I do love the classic like '90s skate punk fat sound of like the early Good Riddance strung out like that the vibe has. I was just mm-hmm. listening to it and I was like, oh, this sounds like it could have been on like Suburban Teenage Wasteland Blues or Comprehensive Guide. Like it just, yeah, musically it's just it's a it's it's a cool little like nostalgic little time capsule of a jam of the era. Um, yeah, I mean the song kind of just starts off you know referencing a bad dream and I don't know about you, man. I've been having lots. To those lately i don't know what's going on but uh <laughs> i've also been dreaming a lot about like shows and how much i miss them like the other night i had this really sick dream about being at a sick of it all show and newfound glory was opening and it was at sneaky d's but it didn't look like sneaky d's but george and i had a great time um yeah that's i don't know that's kind of where, where my mind went with that and it's i just started getting like really nostalgic for like seeing cool bands and you know, like, is there anything that you're kind of looking forward to being rebooked and seeing again once things kind of open up? Well, I think 
you and I have talked about it maybe on, maybe off pod, but the Agnostic Front Sick of It All tour that was supposed to happen. That's on my uh, list too, yeah. I think whenever, if that ever happens, that would be pretty amazing. Uh, I have, question mark, have tickets to see Bikini Kill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is a band I've never seen, but have been in love with since 1995. Like it's it's something it's been rebooked like four times already. I think the show was supposed to be like May 10th and then it was October 20th and then it was March 15th. And I think now it's August 25th or something like it's been yeah. rescheduled. Like they put six months between each date or something. And yeah. I've never seen Bikini Kill and I really love Bikini Kill. And uh, I thought this was the time I was going to get to see it. But even when they first canceled it, I was like, well, yeah, that's the reasonable thing to do. Sure. But in theory, I have tickets to go see Bikini Kill in That's Toronto cool. when touring is allowed again. <laughs> yeah, the the other one that I was really stoked for was the Bad Religion uh, Alkaline Trio uh, tour. But that was more for yeah. Alkaline Trio than Bad Religion. I already know how you feel see, about Bad Religion. <laughs> I would have definitely been there for the Bad Religion part. But again, I don't have any problems with Alkaline Trio. I think that one... If I can be totally honest, I think the Alkaline Trio record I listened to most was the split with Hot Water Music, which well, is weird because I'm not like I'm not like a diehard Hot Water Music fan either. But I know that Chuck Reagan singing Shaking Like a Dog, Shitting Razor Blades. The first yeah, time I heard it, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, that is a visceral image to put into a song, especially when delivered by Chuck Reagan. Yeah, when I actually um, this is totally off topic of the pod, but uh I'm, I was a big fan of kind of that initial run of uh, singers that started their own like kind of solo acoustic stuff too. Uh, and I remember going like, and I just, I love Avail and I fucking love Tim Barry. And, and um, when those tours happened in Ontario, um, it was Chuck Berry, not Chuck Berry, sorry, Tim Barry and Chuck Reagan. Sick. Yeah. Sick. You got and, to see um, Chuck Berry? <laughs> my buddy and I, uh, we drove to any show that was within two hours of Toronto. I think we saw like four or five of them on that tour um, just because we just loved it so much. And Chuck would do that song, would do that Alkaline Trio cover. And it's fucking yeah. so good. And on the, uh, Matt Skiba singing Rooftops. I almost like that better than the original, and I fucking love the original. It's like my favorite uh, Hot Water Music record. But anyways, we digress. We digress. At the end of the day, I want to get vaccinated real soon so I can see if it makes sense to go to Fest. And uh, back on the song, uh, big fan of how the chorus sounds. The melody and the harms are real tight, and that's really all I have <laughs> on this song. It was like, yeah, I remember this one. Cool. Let's it's good. It's fine. Yeah. I, re- I really, I really, really do like the chorus, though. Like the way that it's put together is fucking great. Like it sounds really good. Yeah, uh, I think it's really cool. The song, like, like you said, it's one of the longer songs Good Riddance has ever recorded, but it doesn't feel like it. I feel like there's a lot going mm-hmm. on throughout it. So at no point are you like waiting for a part to be over. It starts with like thundering drums and shots right away, uh, and like dissonant guitars kind of you know sweeping along before the song actually comes together even in the verse the the stutter on the guitar as it's chugging along it's not just like straight chugging along there's like a like a stutter or a like a gallop almost to it i think that's cool sean's drumming is worthy of a playthrough online and i i think 
I'll tell you more about this later, but uh, I'm really interested in, I have a problem, Dan, where when I fall (laughs) into YouTube holes, it's always drum covers, like drum cam covers of songs. Sometimes songs I don't even know or like, but for whatever reason, I can watch people play drums forever. The middle parts in the verses in this song to do a cool thing where it sort of swells up in the middle of a verse, like it's about to go into the chorus and then it drops back into the first part. I think that's pretty cool. Um, after the second chorus where there's like at the end of delivering the chorus, there's like a, yeah, mm-hmm. and it fades out. And I don't think I've heard good riddance do that before or since, since yeah. uh, as it, as it goes into the bridge, it's kind of cool. And again, I mean, we talk about this every time we talk about a song on this record where they're clearly trying to figure out what they're doing and where they fit in and what kind of songs they can write and what they can get away with and what they can do well and what they are just experimenting with. And I think that's a good example of that. As for the lyrics, though, like, is this song about getting sober? Is this song about repressed trauma? I think this is maybe one of Russ's first really impressive poems as a set of song lyrics where he's writing about something and like you sort of immediately identify with it but then the further you dig into it the less you identify with it if that makes any sense where you're you're not so sure it it makes perfect sense and it's one of the reasons why i didn't touch on the lyrics because i wasn't totally sure even though I did connect with it in certain ways. And like you said, the sober thing, and I didn't realize, I was like, yeah, like if I go on a stretch of drinking a bunch and going out and then, you know, I clean, clean my act up for a little bit, I get fucking bad, like sweaty nightmares, right. From the withdrawal. So yeah, maybe, I mean, that could totally be it. But it's also like these tears leave scars as they roll down my face. Is it just like, a memory that you've been trying to push back. And so leaving that question open-ended again, like writing a song that can make you think so many things or identify with so many things in it without actually knowing exactly what it is. I think that's pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like this. I really like how this one, the song was written for sure. Like lyrically, I really like how it was all positioned and written. And again, like the, the fucking chorus slaps big fan yeah this was not a skip when i was making tapes of this album to (laughs) skate around and listen to i did not skip this one that's a good one yeah yeah you know this this would be a pretty good like skate punk song from like that time too when you're putting on it's got some harms you know it's still pretty yeah punk yeah it's pretty good drum drum covers um tommy from gouge away does cool drum shit a lot yeah. Um, I recommend checking it out. I I know we're like met Tommy like forever ago when he was in like in a like poppy hardcore pop punk band, um, and Gouge Away is definitely not that. So it's just very cool to just see how he's grown. <laughs> and like the yeah. songs are fucking they're tight. Like he's such a good drummer. Like it's super sick to watch. I highly recommend it. We have a listener question for later that's all about drumming as well. So we'll get we'll get cool. back into that. <laughs> All right, the third song that we're talking about this week, Contrition, 
from Peace in Our Time in 2015, Russ, Luke, Sean, Chuck. We've done a few from this record so far. Dan, what did you think of Contrition? Um, right away, like the songs on this record really sound different than the majority of the good written stuff we've taken in. Um, it really, really more of like an org core, like fest punk than previous releases, I find. Um, and again, I'm really into the melody and the harms on this one as well. Um, very cool. One thing I noted, though, is that he says acrid in the song. I always read the word. That's how I always read it. (laughs) And did you ever get to see acrid? No. So I do have the acrid left for dead split on a gray marble buzz saw shaped 12 inch. But I've never seen acrid. Yeah. And apparently I've been mispronouncing it for like 20 plus years. I don't know. I, I say acrid. That might be a Northern California thing. But yeah, I always knew that band, especially acrid. Right. Uh, anyone listening that is unaware, acrid was a Southern Ontario fucking powerhouse in the early yeah. mid 90s. Um, Kyle Bishop, who went on to be in grade, was in that band. Yeah. Uh, what was the there was a girl in that band named Alex that uh like was just so down and like around and hung out you know mm. um but yeah that that band acrid just fucking awesome mid 90s ontario hardcore anyway same go on <laughs> same with left for dead um oh, yeah but left <laughs> left for dead is like i think left for dead had records on no idea so i feel like people know more about left for dead acrid i think maybe had more of a local or at least just like great lakes sort of fan base not only is that a great point, but that split seven inch is actually on no idea. But so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, I was I was listening. I I think I listened to this one like a good half dozen times. Um, similarly too, like it didn't when we when I listened to it after our recording last recording session just for like quick jot down notes. I just it wasn't clicking with me for whatever reason. But then taking it in. Again, today, listen to it a bunch today. I was like, oh, no, this is actually, like, really good. And I don't want to say that the lyrics are heavier than the tone of the song, but, like, marginally, it kind of is. You know? Mm. And, like, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because, like, a dozen episodes later, I'm looking a little deeper for something, you know? Maybe getting a little bit more into the songs. Or maybe it's just luck of the draw this week that there's, like, you know, two pretty pretty kind of like heavy songs you know like fuck man the prison yeah. system is fucked institutionalized racism is fucked like that's the vibe i get out of this song um yeah for you sure. know and i want to say it happens less up here in canada but i can't say that with 100 percent certainty and realistically it's not really any better you know we see it more happen in the u.s and we think it's so much better up here but it's not you know our indigenous people and in, People of color are treated very poorly, and it treats me or treats me. It brings me right back to uh, to Shameless because you know, as we were talking about, now Carl's a cop and he's learning that the police are just out there to protect, or no, sorry, to police the poor and uh, to quote, not arrest people who drive Mercedeses unquote. You know, it's just like learning how crooked the system really is, and kind of similar to what we were talking about last time. We were talking about like police reform. It just it just all needs to be reevaluated because it's all trash. And too many people are just getting their lives ripped away from them unjustly or not sometimes. But I mean, like, for the most part, unjustly. I feel like the the percentage is considerably lower than we've all been led to believe. What's that? The percentage of what? 
the percentage of people who deserve any sort of punishment at all. Oh, sure. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. mean, like even even like a high profile case like Meek Mill. Like I don't know if you watched that documentary. Um, no. It's but it was just basically like he he gets caught up on like a charge, does his time, and this one judge just apparently has it out for him. And every time he, you know, it's these I would consider them minor parole breaks. You know, like he's from Philly. You know, Philly has this big scene of like ATVs and stuff in the streets. So there's a video of him like on a bike, and it's like, oh well, you weren't like. This is not exactly what it is, but something about like not having like a maybe like a helmet on or that he wasn't supposed to be doing that kind of associating with people or whatever. So then they lock him back up and it's just like constantly like a cycle of being locked back up for things that he can't make a living, you know, like he's an artist. Yeah, like a bullshit breach of parole thing that would only affect a segment of the population that it's aimed at specifically. Correct. This is where I lose all my Toronto friends is that Drake. Almost every beef that Drake has been in has been a fucking joke. The idea that Drake is a better rapper than Meek Mill is hilarious. Or push uh, Like, OK, that's I was going to get there where like, oh, sorry, the sorry. Idea that Drake is a better rapper than Meek Mill is hilarious. And then to have that go the way it did, where he has fucking 76-year-old white as white gets shitty city councilors backing Drake up, and that's his clout, versus, you know, Meek Mill. And then he gets a big head about it and thinks that he's a better rapper than Pusha T? (laughs) Get it together, bozo. (laughs) Like, I don't, I, off the top of my head, there's like, 10 better rappers than Pusha T, you know, like maybe <laughs> like Pusha T is a fucking all timer. Yeah. Uh, like you don't, don't get into a beef with Pusha T and Drake, uh, you, whatever, man, Drake's a good dude, I guess. I don't, you know, I've never hung out with him really, but don't start a battle. With Pusha T, what are you doing, <laughs> man? Yeah, man. I don't anyway. know. I, I, yeah, I love clips from back in the day, so I I ride hard with Pusha T's music for sure. Yeah. Anyway, um, contrition. <laughs> but we digress quite a bit. First of all, first of all, uh, contrition by definition, it's the act of uh, like regret and uh, like trying to make good on a wrongdoing. You know, trying to put it right. And I know we've talked about how Russ has done a killer job in his lyrics of pointing out societal ills and issues, but using a really wide lens instead of complaining about a specific set of events or a specific person. And honestly, there's a lot of MDC or DOA or like even more modern songs by like propaganda or anti-flag that are a little too timely, like very of the moment. And because of that, some of those songs and records don't age very well. You know, mm-hmm. like Reagan's Der Fuhrer doesn't really hit so hard 40 years later. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah. And, while, and while Good Riddance doesn't really do that, I think that we should mention that this song, Contrition, and the album Peace in Our Time came out in 2015. And Barack mm-hmm. Obama had been the president for years at that point, like six, seven years at that point. Uh, and his whole thing was that he was running on hope, you know, hope that wars in Iraq and Afghanistan would end, hope that torture chambers at Guantanamo Bay would be closed, 
hopes that brutal attacks on protesters would end, hopes that mass incarceration of black and brown people would, you know, maybe not end, but become less staggeringly immense and soul crushing in scope. And, you know, hope that corporations would have their grip on America loosened a little bit. And really none of that happened. Uh, all these acts of contrition that were hoped for were never really delivered on. And so, while not as exact as like the exploited's let's start a war. I think that this song contrition might be a comment on the promise of making things right, but never actually getting there. The song specifically, well like said. we were saying, yeah, thank you. Uh, I, I wrote it all out and I read it without saying, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the song specifically deals with incarceration of refugees and immigrants, which unfortunately, since Joe Biden was elected and because of COVID-19, doesn't get nearly the media coverage that it definitely should, as if those are the only two reasons the media isn't looking at it. And also the idea that there's a country, many countries, where there can be many families and children kept in cages, but also that same country has, you know, however many billionaires uh, it leads into a whole existential wormhole of despair. Musically, I don't know if there's a song that sounds more like quotes, good riddance than this one does, especially on Peace in Our Time. And I feel like that's part of this record is that they had really distilled what it is they sound like. It's fast, but not blazing. You know, it catches you and pulls you in. There's parts where everything but the guitar drops out. Um, I know I said this about uh, the previous song as well, but Sean Sellers takes no breaks on drums in Contrition. I would definitely watch this drum playthrough. There's <laughs> rolls and fills scattered all over the place. And something that the band really nails on a lot of the songs on Peace in Our Time is trade-off vocals. Uh, I think in a lot of previous recordings, there's a lot of harmonies and a lot of backing vocals are used. But Good Riddance had done some trade-offs before, but on Contrition it really adds an urgency to the feel of the song in a way that a straight sing-along might not have. So uh, in all the talk of the last few weeks about all the various styles and speeds of punk and hardcore that I think Good Riddance can play and play well, the song Contrition is really a solid amalgamation of all of it. And I think it ends up sounding exactly like Good Riddance sounds. Perfect. I, I can't, I could not agree with you more. That's, and Let's Start a War is a fucking banger of a song. I had a weird <laughs> in like 1995 where I got a hold of that tape and the song Let's Start a War by The Exploited was like my favorite song ever for about two weeks. Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah. It's, I, I get in those mo those modes as well. Uh, no, I think that's I think it's definitely very well said. And especially when you were saying about a song like this can be timeless. Um, and just, again, it brings back to at the beginning when I was like, oh, why is he or not the beginning, like weeks and weeks ago about, oh, like, why not just call out Trump on this song? And yeah, just and then finding that article the week or two later, just being like, it's timeless because it keeps happening. It's a vicious cycle mm -hmm. that we're stuck in, you know, paraphrasing, mm -hmm. of course, those aren't Russell's words. But yeah. 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 And it's fucked. It's just it's fucked because this is 2015. It could have been written 20 years earlier, 40 years earlier. Still the same shit. And six years later, still the same shit. Well, yeah. You know? And I, I feel like I feel like, again, this is just me projecting. Um, but That's I feel like part of, of I'm us. also I'm also in the middle of reading a Chris Hedges book right now. 
uh, where he spares like Obama gets no breaks in this Chris Hedges book. And so that might be influencing my thinking about it a lot is just like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, we have a black president. Everything's fine now. And it's not. And it wasn't. And it's a step in the right direction. And Obama isn't, you know, the overtly either idiotic or outright evil person that preceded and followed him. But sure. It's not like having Obama there changed or fixed everything that was already wrong. And I think a lot of people maybe thought that's what was going to happen. And I can't imagine the pressure being put on a person to make, I don't know, how old is the United States? 200 and some years. Like, like whatever 1776 was, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're not you're not going to make everything right. And the pressure of that one person, sure. But also stop acting like any one person can make it right. Well, and I think that's a really important part, too. And if if I get any of the following incorrect about the U.S. political system, feel free to let me know, because I, I am just an ignorant Canadian, I suppose. But also, not only just relying on one person, but there's a whole fucked up system in place with two parties. And they will just block each other out. And you posted this really cool um, uh, Charles Barkley interview where he basically talks about the how the, there's like a two-party system that just turns people against each other instead of working together and i feel yeah. that I, I you know and i feel that maybe having someone you know whatever i don't want to you know say like obama but like someone like obama when he's in there perhaps they would have been able to do uh other things if he wasn't getting blocked from just the opposing party. But I mean, that goes for any president, Republican or Democrat, whether they try and do yeah. good or bad, there's opposition, of course. So that's, yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a systematic issue. It's not yes. any one person's problem. Exactly. So as much Everybody's as we want to say, problem. yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and as much as we want to say, even in Canada too, like if we're not, oh, yeah. we do have more than two parties kind of. And, um, <laughs> but the same thing though, like no matter who gets, voted there it's it's i don't want to say it's a figurehead position but it kind of is because there's yeah. all these other insane checks and balances that people are just gonna undermine you any way that they can if they don't believe if they don't agree with you so i don't know i don't know if that's going anywhere but i mean it's just frustrating of how things don't change since yeah it's a system that's been i can't say that's broken because it's worked the exact way it was implemented to work but uh it does need to be changed and reformed because it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, that's so Dan. Angry. Yeah, Dan. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Our friends at the Family Podcast and Family is like an acronym. I'm not going to get too into it, but look up the Family Podcast. It's like food okay. and music something. Sorry, dudes, I can't remember what the whole podcast is. I just think of it as a family podcast. Anyway, I sent in a question. I said, "Hey, we're recording today. What do you want us to talk about?" And someone said. What if either Dave, I'm assuming Wagon Shoots or Ron, had played on Forgotten Country? How much different would the record be? I'm going to say a lot. Richie Mack, who was the drummer on Forgotten Country, had been playing with Good Riddance with uh, Luke and Russ for a long time. And Mm -hmm. uh, if you listen to that record all the way through, there are fills that show up in each and every song. There are time signatures that just kind of it rolls straight through, and I feel that both Dave Ron and Dave Wagon Shoots probably would have like lit that shit up. Yeah, 
<laughs> Which agree. isn't to yeah. say, like, I don't know if because I have, you know, 27 years of attachment to what Forgotten Country sounds like, I don't know if I want another drummer on it. I think I like the way that it sounds. But, yeah, you can tell, like, we did one Dave Wagon Shoot song this week, and it's unbelievable. Like, the drums, honestly, we did really good on drums for this week's songs. <laughs> and I think that if, I think that if anything, if Dave Ron had played on that album, it would have sounded almost too much like RKL because there are a lot yeah. of RKL moments on that record already. And to have the drummer from RKL playing on it might've been too much. But I'm also trying to think like what forgotten country was 93, four, 95. Well, early 95, like recorded in 94. Okay. So if I'm thinking back 94 and I'm thinking of, the early lifetime stuff pre hello bastards i don't know it'd be slower that's for sure the dave wagon shoots now is not the dave wagon shoots of then right like it's especially yeah, you, like come, coming coming like the, yes you are definitely yeah. you are definitely familiar with any sort of dave wagon shoots demos that he would have been playing in yeah 94 yeah and i mean but all that's it's weird though it's like a different Lifetime were definitely a different band. They were like a slower hardcore band, emotional hardcore band um, before like Hello Bastards pretty much. And yeah, man, I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm just thinking about it. And I, I don't I don't know how that would have worked with Good Riddance, to be honest. OK, so but so to our friends, to our friends at the family podcast, you broke Dan's brain. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, the second the second. I mean, it's not really a question. But the second thing that we got was a message that said <laughs> it wasn't a question. It was just the statement, Sean playing drums with a vulture wake and then with good riddance afterwards. It's not so much a question, but I mean, I, I've seen drummers play two sets in one night. Um, yes. I feel like Sean is a ball of energy and would probably just crush it. If anyone listening doesn't know, a vulture wake is a new ish band uh, that was Sean and Joe from both RKL and Lagwagon and also uh, Chad Price from All is in a Vulture wake as well. It sounds sort of what you expect that band to sound like. Um, a little like not is. not so straightforward, but uh, like a very creative melodic hardcore band. And I think that Sean could easily play a show in both bands and not really have a problem. I've seen way worse drummers do the same thing. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, I, I I honestly haven't listened to it yet. I you told me about them today, so I'm gonna take them in later too. Looking forward to that exclusive, you know, on the old Patreon side. <laughs> once we get that yeah. going, let's get Chad Price on exclusive. Oh God, I would I would love that, and then I would have to try really hard not to ask him if the rumors of the uh, bootleg of him singing all the everything song <laughs> everything sucks stuff was true or not. It'd be another way to see Dan's brain break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Right. Pretty Do we much. want to pick next week's songs? Nah, fuck it. Just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, next week's songs, hey? Okay. Uh, the first number here... Oh, shit. Get a pen. Now find a pen that works. Is 98. We are all clear on 98. Okay. And then we got... 68 68 we have already done 
Son of a fuck. Okay. So 169. Nice. Uh, 169 we've already done. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, son of a... What was 169? Uh, Illusion of Control from the World oh, Food Program. Yeah. Comp. Oh, true, true. Okay, what about 154? 154. Aces. Oh, you're going to love that one. And then last and certainly not least, 64. 64 is already done. Oh, man. See, this is going to be, as the way this goes along, this is going to be like a fucking nightmare. All right, what about 29? 29. <laughs> 29 is Think of Me. Okay, so next that week. Is, that is actually we really song. funny. <laughs> we have the songs Shame, Just for Today, and Think of Me. So uh, we're going to take some time, write some notes about that. And we'll be back next week to talk about it. Dan, what if someone has any uh, ideas about these songs or any other Goodridden songs? What do they do? What they need to do is um, slide into our DMs on Instagram. Uh, give us a follow there at uh, Last Believer Pod. Um, or if you don't feel like doing the old Instagram thing, just send us an email at lastbelieverpod at gmail.com. Uh, one thing I didn't mention earlier that I would love that you would do Give us a little five-star review, subscribe to the pod, but more importantly, just share the pod with someone who you think would enjoy listening to us shoot the shit about uh, these old punk songs. And uh, yeah, lastly, lastly, our old little Patreon here. Um, yeah, we have a little Patreon going on with some tiers that we're kind of fine-tuning, but it is live. Um, it's going to put some stickers and some exclusives and all kinds of cool stuff like that. Patreon.com slash Pod, just to make sure that you don't think it's a little cash grab for us. It's really just a recoup costs that it takes to make this thing. And if we end up having a surplus, Josh and I will discuss or actually bring it to the patrons and see uh, what organization that we can donate any additional funds to. We'll find something nice, you know, if For if sure. it was this week's theme, we'll figure out some ways of uh, helping out people who have recently become unhoused, for instance. That's perfect. I want to say every song that we played, all the music that you're hearing this week is written and performed by Good Riddance, produced by a variety of producers and came out on Fat Records. We don't necessarily have permission to be playing it. And uh, everyone in Good Riddance and everyone from Fat Records has been really cool with us so far. So uh, thanks for that. <laughs> My name is Josh Lindley. We'll be back next week. Thanks for hanging out. Hey, man. Thank you for hanging out. Yup. Yeah. Aww.